Hello, and welcome to Geek Space 9, the Tuscan Media Network podcast where we discover and all rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I got to pet a baby capybara today. That is so adorable. I'm so jealous. No. That's adorable. I also went on a pretty cool date with my girlfriend to an aquarium, but I got to pet a baby capybara. (laughs) And friendly stingrays. (laughs) It's great. She called them sea flap flaps. (laughs) That's pretty accurate, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's adorable. That's what they Uh, do. And with us as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I am good. It is official. It is officially. Wow, I can't talk. Mm. It is officially my birthday month. So literally, nothing else matters right now. Ooh, what day is your birthday? The eleventh. Eleventh. All right. Really? So like, yeah. So like, barely a week. So like, a, like a week and a day away. I'm excited. All right. Stay happy belated Katie's. when this comes out. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Happy yes. super super belated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as for myself, I'm Ben Hungworth. This week, I uh, I went to an open house uh, thing. Like, they take this strip in Los Angeles, and uh, every business has open house. And they give you free food and booze, and there is a hot dog with Pink's Hot Dogs, the famous hot dog stand, and they gave out free hot dogs there. And so I was full of food and drunk, and there was this tiny little part where they sprayed uh, snow, fake snow, but it was really just foam, and it was really sad because it was just this <laughs> tiny little... <laughs> Like that's the best we could do in LA. It's just one little block with like. Yeah. I think oh, I saw that Snapchat. <laughs> yes, I sent a Snapchat to you guys of it because it was like, "This is how we do snow in LA." Yeah, I remember seeing that. I was just like, "Oh, honey, no." Yeah, it's seventy right now. Hey. Hey, I mean, it was it, it was like in the seventies and muggy muggy as hell today here in Houston. So I mean, I feel oh, like and it I because gotta... it, because it was rainy. Ugh. And I finally got to get my hands. It's almost 8:30. It's almost 8:30 here in North Texas and it's 69 degrees. Oh my uh, gosh. Jesus. Like, I, I don't like my, cold, uh, but please get cold. I also finally got to get my hands on an SNES classic, not to own but just to play on my friend's house. But still. It's mm-hmm. so awesome and I want one so bad. So Santa, please get me one. That's cool. All right. Well, this week we are talking about season six, episode seven, and episode eight, which are "You Are Cordially Invited" dot 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 and "Resurrection." So first up is "You Are Cordially Invited" dot dot dot. It's finally here—the moment Sarah has been dreading since the end of last season. Nah. The wedding <laughs> of Dax and Worf. They ask Alexander to be their sword bearer, which is like a ring bearer, but really much cooler. However, that is not all, as both Worf and Das must face a week of trials. For Worf, it's throwing the worst bachelor party of all time, where his groomsmen, including Martok, Sisko, O'Brien, and Mashir, must go through six tests of fasting, blood, pain, sacrifice, anguish, and death. And I thought those parts didn't come until the divorce. Hatch-cha-cha-cha. Meanwhile, Dax must face an even worse trial, trying to make her prospective mother-in-law and Martok's wife, Cirilla, happy. She is there to test just how much of a Klingon Dax is, and from everything from her disrespect of the Martok line to her cheap-ass candles, Cirilla is just not impressed. Dax decides to put her mind at ease by throwing a bitchin' party with a fire dancer and a drunk-ass morn. Cirilla arrives and tells her this is no time for fun, only time for boring rituals, to which Dax refuses. She threatens to call off the wedding, and Dax says, fine, you're not my real mom, and Cirilla leaves. The next morning, Worf arrives to Dax's trashed room and trashed friends and asks her to speak to Cirilla. Dax shrugs it off that if they want to get legally married, all they have to do is go to Sisko. But Worf is angry she doesn't care for his traditions, and they call off the whole thing. Martox gives a very touching chat with Worf that we don't pick the people we fall in love with and accept them flaws and all. He accepts and stops Bashir and O'Brien before they can finally enjoy a meal. However, Dax is still refusing to go through with it, so it's now Sisko's turn to speak with her. He yells at her for her stubbornness, and Dax states he was just fine being alone until Worf showed up. She relents to Ben that maybe it is time for her to grow up, and the two hug. She convinces Cirilla, and the wedding is back on. 
After some baller drums and the wedding dress of a fucking lifetime, the two are wed with Cirilla's blessing as the hungry groomsmen charge the newly wedded couple, as is tradition. What do we think of You Are Cordially Invited? Boo. Just boo. No. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Wow. Um, I was actually going to say that if it wasn't for the fact that it was Worf and Dax getting married, I kind of liked it. No, yeah, no, yeah. Like, honestly, that's totally it. <laughs> okay. If that is say, totally this is, it. This is by far my favorite Dax and Worf episode, actually. And the closest I've come to being all right with them. I'm still not 100%. Mm. But I really enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It had a lot of clever mm-hmm. and fun character moments and is the kind of episode you get to do late in the show where you've established all these people and you've set up all these characters and you just get to watch them play off of each other in a fun situation. Like, what is a Klingon bachelor party? The answer is uh, rough. <laughs> Not fun. Yes. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and you also get, you know, uh, uh, Dax throwing an awesome party and people getting drunk and just enjoyable interactions. So that's why I appreciate it. Can we, uh, before we get to the, the, the elephant in the room of, of Dax's, well, all of her outfits in this episode... There's there's one little thing that you didn't mention in the summary that I would like to bring up. Can we talk about the fact that Kira and Odo stayed up and talked all night? Yeah, I was gonna. Right? It's in my. It's in my. It just is never in a closet. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting way to to deal with their. Because uh... yeah, the whole episode they're very quiet with each other until that moment. They're kind of avoiding each other the entire time. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting way to, to to suggest their reconciliation. So, what you what you think of it, Sarah? Since you brought it up. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what's gonna come of it, and then the next episode make that even more confusing. But we'll get there. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it is the start of maybe they will get together eventually. <laughs> I don't know, but at least they they can, you know, talk all night long and be friends and be cool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I remember seeing that like when like when when Dax was like, "Wait, who's in here?" Opens it up, opens it up. Odo and Kira, and 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 like I I at least could personally relate to that because it's like because I remember being at I remember being at, at, at there being like two or three parties back in college and there be, and if if there was a friend that I was having a riff with and the two of us just like over drinks were like you want to just hash this shit out okay sure cool and 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 like the rest of the night we'll just be in a corner completely ignoring everyone else just share just like just sharing drinks and talking and it's not until the party is over that we're like oh. Wait, what time is it? Three in the morning. Okay, we're gonna go now. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so at the very least, like just on a like on a reconciling level, personal level, like I, I, I can get that how you can just be completely lost in time. Yes. Well, it's good to show that Kira is not so mad at him that she's unable to do yeah. that, you know, or that Odo is so ashamed of what he did that he's not able to open up to her. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like an interesting workaround where you don't have to write that scene. You could just imply that scene in an interesting way. Exactly. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. Which I think is, is kind of clever. Because maybe there is a whole episode's worth of dialogue they have to have that you just can't do in a show like this. Um, that maybe I would have preferred that to the next episode, but we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Um, okay, can I can I say, while we're like kind of peripherally, at least for now, because I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to it You know, like for the for the greater plot. But while we're like peripherally on that party, I just want to say, I, I just want to say um, that, uh, that fire dancer, that fire spinner was hot. Beefy and hot. There's a shot with the fire dancer. Who's this real broad chested uh, buff dude. Uh, just standing there. I'm just like, Oh, hi. 
and he's sitting next to Dax, who's in this sleeveless purple dress. The purple box. dress, it's back. Right. This is not its first appearance. I should have made note of the first episode it was in because I remember it very distinctly and I remember very distinctly losing my mind over it and now yes. it's back <laughs> yes. and the nothing has changed. And, Everything uh, is, is still cool and good. And you point out my entire point, which is that I saw there's a scene where those two are in the same shot and I'm like... Once again, here's a shot for Peter and Sarah. Yes. <laughs> a present for them because, because Dax is in the purple dress, and meanwhile, this beefy guy is just like just there, shirtless and sweating, and you're just like, mm, or at least I'm just like, mm, hi. <laughs> Even Lita, Lita was into him too, which is adorable. Dude, no, Lita was like, oh hi. <laughs> that was precious. And I'm just so happy to see Morn just get down with it in the party. That was my favorite thing. Me too. Oh, yeah. And he, he also stayed over all night. I mean, I he, was, he was passed out drunk on the floor. But <laughs> I love the people what who, a who passed out were the fire dancer and Morn. That's so Morn. Yes. No, I, no, I liked how Odo showed up and he was like, "We got a noise violation and a noise violation." Morn and someone were fighting, and and Kira's like, "Yeah, they were, but they, they were, but they worked it out." And the two of them were just like chest bumping again, like over and over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Morn. Morn forever. Deep space. Yes. This is why Deep he's in our logo. <laughs> yes. Kira looked great in in that dress too. By the oh, way. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, she was beautiful. Oh. I was saying to Sarah, she looked like very '90s gay hot, you know, mm-hmm. like a very. I was into hair. it. I have, I have a thing for '90s gay. I've discovered. Yeah, yeah. And not always it's necessarily like... the short hair, but like the ripped up jeans and like a tank top and the high ponytail. Oh and, yeah, and totally. That's totally. that's it. Uh-huh. There. Mm. Like like how every female singer songwriter, you they were like. Are they gay? <laughs> every every jewel and Fiona Apple and you're like, <laughs> no, 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 they feel kind of gay. Was Fiona Apple nineties? Oh, maybe she was early two thousands. Um, That's what I, I thought because I mean I I knew I didn't hear about her until her career had already started, but I didn't think she was from that era. You might be right. Oh, like anyway, Leslie Mann. I'm thinking more like Leslie. Besides Mann. the point. Okay. Yeah. You're right. She's, yes, her first album I, was 99, but like was until 2000. Okay. Anyways, back on track. Yes. Yes. So that part I have. Yes, it was. I have 10 notes for this episode, and mm-hmm. six of them were in all caps. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Most of them were about Dax. that party. Actually, actually, no, they were all about that party. Um, <laughs> about half of them were about Dax. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, only Quark is on our side of being like, you're better than Worf. Yes. When he said that, I was just like, thank you. Literally. <laughs> then Jake is like, oh, you just love Kira. I was like, no, we agree. <laughs> We're not mm-hmm. into it. Now, no, granted, yeah. Sarah's in love with Dax, but that's different. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, um, no, no watching this episode and like, Dax and Worf getting married. I could not help but be reminded, Ben, when you made the when you made the comment. I forget whether it was an episode that like a past episode that we recorded, or 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 it's just the three of us talking. But you were just like, yeah, this is very much the domestication of Dax, and I was like, yeah. and I was like, I literally cannot get it out of my head. And the and the what and the scene that drove it home. What was was when she was talking with Cisco when she was like maybe I should grow up because 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 this because Cisco was like yeah they don't know or like it's like Sorella doesn't know or care that doesn't know or care that that you, that used to be Curzon that she used to be buddy buddy with the Klingons because all she's seeing is a young girl and I'm just like but that is literally part of who she is exactly right. you can't take that from her yeah growing up and maturing should not mean you know kind uh, lowering yourself. At least, yeah. at least not necessarily. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it was on an episode I talked about that, and I'm glad, glad you agree with me, uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I feel exactly the same way. Yes, and I was about to say, and you too, Sarah. I'm assuming yes. Um, and I think that's the problem is that is that it is at least this episode. It's like a little bit Worf's fault, but it's still almost always like Worf is an asshole, and then she has to like somehow apologize for him you know what i mean like mm-hmm. his impetuousness and problematic right. stuff and like 
I get a little bit of like, and I think again, it's like a problem of just like, of just bad, bad writing up to this point, which is like, I can get that this episode could have been an interesting struggle between Dax being that person we love who's like freewheeling and careless and enjoys her freedom, but clearly loves this person. You know what I mean? That's an interesting conflict, you know? That's something a lot of us, I know I faced, you know, when I got married, was like, I'm 23, and then partly why I got divorced was like, mm-hmm. still 26, you know? Um, that girl Dex is 300, but she's also Jadzi, and Jadzi seems to be one of the more uh, fun uh, Dex models, if you will. Um, yes. And so, I think there could have been an interesting thing with, like, their relationship was really good, but she was constantly, like... And again, the conservatism thing of Worf versus her could still work where he's a little more traditional and she's more, you know, um, non-traditional. Um, but the problem is, again, Worf is just an asshole. <laughs> he's not, yeah. it's not like a traditionalness that I can respect. And I'm, I'm a very untraditional person, so I can respect that maybe I just don't uh, respect that sort of traditional we've had sex, let's get married <laughs> attitude. But um, at the very least, I can... Uh, I can respect someone who lives that way if they're a good person, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and but it goes so much beyond that. Is he exactly he, he tries to control her every right. action, and it's awful. Yeah, it it, right. it lacked it lacked the sense of compromise that that, that that people say you should kind of lean towards in a relationship, whether whether it be whether it be platonic between friends or, or romantic between 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 lovers like she was all she is consistently the one consistently the one who instead of like finding a happy medium of like okay yes you are more traditional i'm less traditional let's just let's find a way to like still do you but i but i'm still happy and it's like no she's the one who always has to conform or at least conform way more often than than warp does yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's far too often that the episode ends with her having to change her opinions, which is weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like that—that that is the one major inconsistency in her character, where it's like you have you have a woman who is this strong-willed, and yet somehow she's the one who has to roll over and say, "Okay." You know what it would have worked a lot better is if they just had broken up earlier on. And then Worf had it changed, you know, and then they came back together, you know. Then I think we could work with something that's a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like she has never broken up with him and has constantly forgiven all of his shittiness. And mm-hmm. like we said, it, it cheapens a lot of the things we loved about Dax. You know, we loved that one episode where she just had a guy just leave her quarters and yep. it was yes. just like not a big deal. And it was just something she did. And it was fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and, <gasps> oh. and I think, and then of course, there's also the problem that we have the Lenar Khan episode where we have a soulmate that's <sighs> again forty minutes long and still ten times better than anything any scene with Worf and Dax. You know, every scene in that episode uh, is is better than every scene with Worf and Dax. So, or, sorry, yeah, yeah. So it, it's this double win. You know what the problem. you know what there you know what this suddenly reminds me of. Mm. you know what this suddenly reminds me of what at, at least from what i know of the story because i've never read any of the books and i will never see any of the movies um uh 50 shades of gray <laughs> with 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 how with how with how with, with how with how christian gray's um interest in kink and whatever is seen as and treated as a bad thing that he needs to cure if he wants to be loved Right. And how, and how whatever the whatever the woman's name is supposed to be, she is like Anastasia. the one. Is, is that it? I think Anastasia so. Steele. Whatever Anastasia Steele. Get it, that gray woman. And Steele. And yeah, it's, it's Ooh, yeah. symbolism. Maybe mm-hmm. I, it was probably total. It was probably totally accidental. Totally accidental. But and and it's like it's and and how, and how like the whole premise of this trilogy is like is like she will bring she she will bring this out of him and draw and drag it away because it's bad and it's like that's how they've kind of in in like in a in a less you know like aggressive way at least as far as content is concerned but that's how they've treated Dax and it's like she is this total badass free spirit free spirit woman and it's like 
no, you literally cannot do that because they don't know it because they don't know that that's who you are. Nor do they care. Totally, totally agree. One hundred. That's disgusting. <sighs> it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I agree. And it's and, and I guess but I just want it... to. I guess I just want to get to the point that like I don't want people to think I'm against the relationship because it's traditional you know what i mean and uh it's it's more again, no there's there's nothing wrong with a traditional relationship what oh, no, is nothing wrong at all. is right. a, an emotionally abusive relationship exactly and controlling and that yeah that and uh and yeah and if you'd tell me there was a dax wharf episode when we first meet dax and wharf where they get married I'm like, that sounds adorable and awesome. And it's really frustrating that we get to it. And mm-hmm. I have to joke that Sarah's not going to be excited for it because it's not a joke. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and for as much fun as this episode was, and I do think there was a lot to enjoy. I do want to mention a few more things. Uh, yeah, there's still that central problem where every time when it's Dax's problem, I don't believe it. You know, I don't believe that she has to grow up. I think the fucking Worf has to grow up. That's <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so. <sighs> I did like her interactions with Sorella, though, because she 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 didn't let her let her give her too much shit, which was great. Oh yeah, yeah, that like was the, the Dax scene that we're where used she's to. where she's telling the family history, and she's like, Ooh. "Actually, your great grandmother was a peasant." A peasant. Like it is quite prostitute. possible that you are not royalty yes. at all. Yeah, she basically says like your your great great grandmother think is like royal lineage was like a concubine. And I was like, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I was that just like, began girl, my, like, my uh, all caps notes was savage Dax, bring it. So savage, so savage. Like God damn, son. Woo. Like yeah, I was just like, girl, like like she did not need to be dragged she she did not need to be dragged across across the city gates that harshly <laughs> at least let her ride in the carriage and just be like this is the dirt that i could drag you in but instead i'm gonna let you be i i i, I think i think it was hector i was like i'm gonna let you be hector and you know you're like 10 feet behind me but i don't care that you're screaming this is what this is what i'm telling you now man no chill good good Dex. pull there peter yeah oh yeah. thank you um but I like Cirilla too, though she don't need no right. man. She yeah. she is she is how Dax should be. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think if it were a different, I think if it were under different circumstances, or or, or 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 even or even if the two of them could have come to like some kind of compromise, some kind of middle ground, they 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 would and should and should get along very well. I feel like there was a scene missing from this episode, and that scene was where Dax went to go talk to Sorella about the marriage thing. Then mm-hmm. again, I've, I feel like it could have gone one of two ways. It could either have been that she like stood up to Sorella and be like, "Listen, I'm marrying Worf, and that's the end of it," or it could be the whole, whole horrible like groveling until she lets you back in thing. And if it was the latter, it would have just made me really, really irretrievably angry. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. if it was the former, it would have worked really well and been right. like, you know, just like you do have the heart of a Klingon or something, you know, honor, <clears throat> whatever. Well, this is part of my problem is I want to point out that Will Martok has a really nice speech and I need a speech like this from Worf. Where mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to read it real quick. It's not too long. Um, we're not accorded the luxury of choosing the women we fall in love with. Do you think Cirilla is anything like the woman I thought I'd married? She's prideful, arrogant, mercurial woman who shares my bed far too infrequently for my tastes. And yet, I love her deeply. We Klingons often tout our prowess in battle, our desire for glory and honor above all else. But how hollow is the sound of victory without someone to share it with? Honor gives little comfort to a man alone in his home and in his heart. Which is a great speech, and I loved it. And Martek delivers it beautifully. The actor who plays Martek delivers it beautifully. But... Again, I think what I just realized part of my big problem is that Worf never views Dax's ego and her uh, and her confidence as anything valuable. He views it as an annoyance. He views it as yeah. irritation. Mm. He's constantly 
irritated with her and he wants her to not be her i mean that's the ultimate problem why i don't like their relationship works is that he's not in love with her he's in love with the idea of her he's mm-hmm. in love with it, a her mm. that he wants to change you know and I, I think any relationship when you want to change a person instead of loving the person you're actually with is doomed to fucking failure you know yes and yeah that's my problem he doesn't look at her arrogance and he's like oh that's why i love her because she's so as much as she drives me crazy like it it makes me love her all the more. You know, it's like, no, it just fucking drives him crazy. You know, and it makes him want him to control her more and to change her more. And that's the big fucking problem with Orphan Dax. Yeah. <sighs> I'm I, sure I, people I, are very I, tired of us talking about this, but it's no, I, I, I just to talk about it. No, well, I, we're I, tired of watching I, it. No, so. I, I just want I just want to make I just want to make one more comment to like to like, but other than the final dress, which I which we should get to for Sarah's sake, um, to just kind of connect to like. Connect, oh, I have I have reading. a couple of dresses to talk about before we get there, but that's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> no. But I, I just want to make another comment, uh, connect, connecting to um, connecting to you reading uh, Mart- Martok's quote, Ben. Um, I uh, you reading that just now, just now actually reminded me of um of I think I think it was uh. I think it was, I think it was the first Adam I think it was the first Adams Adams fam, Adams family movie where um yes yeah where where, where uncle where uncle 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 Fe, uncle Fester was just like uh, who's like I'm making such a mess of things how do I do it how can I be like you how can I be so swa- how can I be so suave and Gomez and I and I'm actually gonna read the quote now read 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 this quote Gomez says woo her admire her make her feel like she's the most sublime creature on earth and i and i and i remember i remember um i remember seeing a post about this on tumblr um and and so, and someone and someone like kind of broke it down a little bit and and, and explained and explained why and explained why gomez spe- used the word specifically sublime and and it's, and it's because of like because of like the whole aesthetic and like and the whole, because of the whole aesthetic that the that the adams family subscribes to and, and because of the time period that it comes from sublime is it, t- seeing someone as sublime Gomez Gomez was Gomez was basically telling Fester, treat her as if she is treat treat her as if she is an unstoppable force of nature. But you love her exactly for that because you know that you cannot control her and you don't want to. And Worf totally misses that. Absolutely, and you remind yep. me once again that Gomez and Morticia are the best goddamn couple in the world. Oh my god, they're they the are. best couple. Those movies rule. They hold up. I I'm here to say I've rewatched them recently. They still are awesome movies. They're not one of those movies you're gonna go back to when you're a kid and you're like, ooh, <laughs> you're like, never mind. Nope. These are those movies rule and they're great. And uh, boy, Barry Sonnenfeld had an amazing. Super great. He had such an amazing run and then just fell off the face of the earth after he did Wild Wild West. Yeah. But, and his first his first couple movies. Jesus Christ. Um, but anyways, that's a different matter. Talk to me about uh, 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 Barry Sonnenfeld. I'll do it all day long. <laughs> How can the man who did Men in Black also do Nine Lives? It makes no sense. It makes no, no sense. No sense. All right. Well, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about, and then we'll talk dresses. Is that uh, yes? Uh, uh, Shannon Cochran, who played Sorella, uh, also played Samara's mom in The Ring. Oh hey! Oh yeah. So she was the the evil lady in the ring, one of them. So, anyways, thought you'd find that interesting. Indeed. All right, Sarah. Let's take this right. on a dress let's journey. Talk, let's, let's do talk it. Gowns, so let's talk gowns. Let's talk dresses. Let's talk skirts. Dax has a lot of great outfits in this episode, including that one that um, I said I know you'd love. Yes. But even long before we got to that one, yep. well. Dear listeners, Peter watched this episode a couple of days before I did. And he said to me, so Sarah, there's going to be this one outfit that Dax is wearing that you're going to love. And I got really excited for this episode. And we get to this one scene where she's doing one of the trials for Sorella. And Dax is wearing these like high-waisted pants and a tank top. And she's lifting, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to call them kegs. That's not what they are, but that's about, you know their size and shape and I assume like how heavy they are. And so she's just standing with her arms out to either side and lifting these kegs and all of Terry Farrell's arm muscles are just flexing and highlighted. And I was like, oh, Peter, is this is this it? Is this the outfit you're talking about? No, no, Sarah, that's not it. Oh my God. Well, okay, what's next? 
And then we get to the party scene, and she is wearing the aforementioned purple dress that I dearly love. And not only that, she is playing the drums. And that purple dress just looks so great on her, and you can see her spots. I'm like, oh, no, this must be it. This is the, the scene that Peter was talking about. No, Sarah, that's not it. And then we get to the wedding. And Dax is wearing a red, I would almost call it a period dress. It looks sort of like a... um. I don't know, like you'd see something at a Renaissance festival, Scarborough Fair, but you know, like yes. a, an old timey, fancy royalty dress, except there is a perfect diamond cut out where her cleavage is. And it is the best dress of all dresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and she's wearing like a crown and like. She's got a uh, shoulder cut out in the sleeves as well, I think. And uh, she just looks great. She looks so great. And um, Dwar- Dwarf actually looks pretty good, too. And, you know, he's he's wearing a, a red uh, outfit to match hers. Also looks very sort of like, like a, a knight, but without the armor, you know. Yeah, it's... And, uh, you know, it's- it's very sort of if you've seen the royal wedding, it looks sort of similar to that. The red proper uniforms that the British mm-hmm. wear, mm, yeah, 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 princes often will wear. So they're mm-hmm. both in these deep red, and I agree one hundred ten percent, Sarah. This is like the coolest costume design on the show, yes, maybe yet. It feels so Klingon yet so Dax at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know the show does not make a canon, but I it's a it's head canon that Garrick designed this dress because it's gorgeous as book yes um and it's so regal and attractive and powerful and it's awesome so powerful my god yes it is fierce as fuck i loved it and there is a picture of terry failer just like a few years ago at a con say that again you sent that you sent that terry (laughs) failer It's okay. I almost (laughs) said dwarf earlier. It's fine. Terry F. Yes. (laughs) Wore wore this dress uh, only like two or three years ago at a convention. And girl, she still fits in that dress. So Yeah, she does. Well done, man. Well done. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, I loved it. And and the whole wedding was so Klingon and yet very romantic. And uh, this episode was written by Roland Moore, who's always the... uh, famously uh, wrote a lot of the Klingon episodes and it feels like it. He, he put a lot mm-hmm. of thought into what a Klingon wedding would be and look like and function as, and it rules and I want it. <laughs> Hello? It was a yes. hot dress. Sorry. Okay. I think we're all, we're all d- still daydreaming about the mm. costume design for this last scene. It's it was fine. so good. It was so good. No, it's very good. It feels sort of medieval but modern. Like it's just it's it's excellent and it makes me very very happy. It is. It made me forget for a moment how much I hate this pairing because like they both just look so good and they look so good together. They do. Uh, if only, if only. Mm. All right. The woodpecker size. What? (laughs) Is there anything else to say for you are cordially invited? Um, I'm good. Yeah, no, I I got got all my notes. We're good. Alrighty. Well, next up is Resurrection Season Six, Episode Eight. We begin with Kira getting held up by gunpoint by none other than Beryl, her long dead love, who's jumped over from the mirror universe. And maybe at one point he was gonna take her on a crazy adventure on the other side of the mirror, but. Instead, we spent a lot on those first six episodes, so bottle episode? And it's really boring. Instead, yeah. we spent 30 minutes of Kira showing Baraya around the station, except for the actors who couldn't come in that day uh, because their contracts probably were up, and then they bang, and he sees an orb of prophecy by sexy Kira shows up to steal it, and it turns out they were working together, but he decides whatever, knocks out of Kira, and literally nothing happens. So what do you guys think of Resurrection? Um, this is one of those episodes where I was pretty consistently on my phone 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of saw where all of this was going after about 10 minutes. Because shit was playing out and like being set up a little too perfectly. Mm-hmm. And especially when Cisco was just like, um, wait, it was either Cisco or, or no, it was probably Cisco. Cisco was like, so is this going to be a problem? And Kira was like, no, it won't be. I was like, girl, yes, it, it will, will totally be. be. Shut up. Like, and he didn't just pop over here. Yeah. No yeah. one ever, no one from the mirror universe ever just pops <laughs> over unless they have two or three people coming after them because they have a total and absolute ulterior motive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, start out with gunpoint. So I don't think that's, that's the best way to start right. a new relationship. How about you, Sarah? Because I was worried you might, you didn't say anything about when we and Peter were dragging this episode while I was watching mm-hmm. it. So I was. I was worried. Well, in fairness, like I think I, I was... Was that you the last asleep. time to watch you were, it? You were not on, I think, at the time. I was oh, like, yes, mm. yes. You were watching this last night. No, at, at some point, I realized that I had to get up at 8, so I just went to sleep. <laughs> no offense. No, no, no. Um, I was just... Uh, I was just. I, I figured that's what happened. I was just like, I haven't heard from Sarah what she thought of this episode, so I hope she doesn't like it, because I'm not going to oh, write a good summary no, no, no. for it. I, uh, I only have about six notes for this episode, and none of them... Or anything of consequence, except that I thought Kira's eyeliner was on point uh, yeah, for this no. episode. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when um, Mary Universe Kira showed up, I said, "Oh no!" out loud, but I meant, "Oh yes," because <laughs> yeah. I love Mary Universe Kira. I do too. And uh, I would love is... a scene where 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 both Kiras make out, but that will never happen. So Ever. that's just a fan fiction that I'll go read later. And that's about it. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. I know, I know. Um, I have three major problems in this episode, and I need some structure because this is a very boring episode. So we'll start with we'll start with the first one. First one is this is very clearly a bottle episode. So to describe to everyone listening who doesn't know what that means, it's a term used in television uh, for when they've sort of. Uh, either run out of money or the budget's going long, they will um, take a lot of the actors or a few of the actors and just do one episode with the sets they already have and not put a lot of money into it and you know stuff like that. Sometimes well, that but be... had we seen the Bajoran Temple before? Yeah, we've seen I it a couple times. Yeah, we've new. seen it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad. Um... And they may just redress the set really quickly too. You know, like, mm. Oh, that, that yeah, that also works. Um, so, but most of it, because that's the thing. Like every other Mirror Universe episode, we go to Terak Nor, or we get some station or some cave or something. We go somewhere exciting and something's happening, and there's some big event. You know, this is the only one where Mirror Universe person came over to DS9 and just hung around. You know, and. And I, I particularly because I think about these things, I was like just noticing that like, oh no, it's only like Cisco in one scene and Dax and Worf in one scene. And I think Dax like two quick scenes. And then mostly it's just them walking around the station. And it was like, oh boy, <laughs> like this is reeks of, uh, you know, Colmini's <laughs> contract was up and uh, Alexander Siddig's contract was up and like, Maybe they had uh, uh, Terry Farrell and, and, and Michael Dorn for like an extra day <coughs> or something or something else. You know what I mean? It just reeked of like cost cutting, you know? And that's not to say bottle episodes can be inherently bad. The episode that I think everyone has wrong of any episode in any show in history is the episode Fly and Breaking Bad, where it's an entire 45-minute episode where the two characters just tried to kill a fly in their chemical lab. Wait, that's a, wow. that, that was a thing? That's an entire episode, and that's why people hate it, and everyone is wrong. It is one of the best episodes of television ever, and you're all wrong, I'm telling you right now. Well, now I have another but very specific reason to watch Breaking Bad. It is a very interesting episode, and I think it's a brilliant episode for character development and, uh, and storyline. But because nothing <laughs> happens in that episode, a lot of people really hate it. Very uh, unlike think, that episode of Family Guy where it's just Stewie and Brian locked in, locked in, locked in a bank vault for a night. That's a good example. It's probably a very cost-cutting episode. That's the that's actually a good example because that's usually what they would do in like a sitcom. It's like, you know, I don't know if there is an episode like this in Friends, but like you know, Joey and Rachel get stuck in a basement and it's ah, oh, what are they gonna do? 
We're going to talk about our problems. And then that that episode, they only had to pay, you know, uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc and... I'm sorry, who played Rachel? My apologies. Aniston? Was Aniston Rachel? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, Jennifer Jennifer Aniston. So you only had to pay those two actors that stay instead of the other four. You know, like you can condense your salary for a day and save some money and put them in one set and et cetera, et cetera. Um, That is my big problem with this episode, number one. Number two, and we could talk about this more because I think I was just mostly talking about that myself and I don't want to railroad this episode, uh, is uh, I think Philip Anglim, who plays Vedic Varile, was very good as Vedic Varile. He was stoic and he was you know, sort of regal and internal. He's that kind of actor. You need a ham bone mirror universe person. <laughs> and yes. not a visitor can go ham. She can go full plate of glorious honey baked ham. Because you can tell <laughs> that she is having fun. And Philip Anglum at the start of this episode is so not that. <laughs> no. He just doesn't have that ability as an actor. He's just dry as a cracker. He's just not. So when he says stuff like, oh, I was doing this and that, I'm just like, I don't believe you. I'm, he's dry no. as a cracker. He's dry as a cracker topped with double microwave leftover turkey from two days ago. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> because I, and, Not and, on and, a cracker specifically. But like, but, but the dry turkey, yeah because, yeah. because two days after Thanksgiving, that is what I was eating in a sandwich. Mm-hmm. The sandwich was still good, but at the same time, I was just like, oh my God, I'm glad I put like like some mayo and ketchup and other stuff on this mm-hmm. on this turkey because yeah, yeah, da, da. yep yep actually if you soak the if you pull the rest of the meat off of the bones and soak that in some broth and just like leave it in the fridge and then when you're ready to eat it just spoon it out mm-hmm. it's a lot better it helps yeah. a whole lot also I if you will... salt the turkey it like brings out the mo- what moisture there is inside the turkey to the fridge oh. I, w- so I would keep that. I would keep the broth idea in mind. I did I did not know that. I, I, well, that's, I don't know that's what my mom did, and I had some you know a day or two later. I was like, "This is great. This is so much better." Idea. That's a Noted. smart idea. So yeah, he's mm. he's dry as toast, and there's this whole sequence where like Worf is talking about. He's like talking to Worf about like how he stole like some sword and stuff, and then he cuts cello with the sword later is weird um and uh and then like it should be like this whole like quip and fun but he's just like so dry it just it doesn't work at all mm-hmm. and then the third problem is this is just doesn't feel like here at all like none of this episode feels like Kira. she sleeps with a guy who died who like really affected her like a day after he shows up like none yeah. of this reels right to me at all and what the hell happened to that night-long conversation with Odo that she just oh had? Oh, my God. Did right. Not yes. matter? Another continuity problem. Like, yeah. Odo's not in this episode because, like, again, Renee probably wasn't in contract for this episode. So he's not even mentioned or shown anywhere. And mm-hmm. it's like that scene never happened again. Well, no, but the thing is, I thought they... they brought it up at the end at the beginning of the episode like before uh Burial even showed up because Dax was inviting Kira to the dinner party and she's like oh are you gonna bring Odo and she's like Odo and I are taking it slow we're just friends everything's fine uh, and then she right, like actually. brings Burial to dinner and we're like okay whatever so much for taking things slow I don't know and I know it looks yeah um there's a lot of art movies that are about like my partner died and then like a person who looks like them or some alternate human of them or some doppelganger of some sort shows up and I have weird feelings and uh, that's the uh, proper response some weird feelings I don't think if the love of my life died and then her twin showed up I'd bang her twin the next day you know like I think it would just be like this is fucking weird and it's breaking my heart again and it's not great and mm-hmm. this is and i've i know i've said it before on like i'm like a past mgp episode both for that movie but also in a movie in a in a in a, in a review prior but this is why i will bring up again why in captain america civil war it makes literally no sense to me that it's like oh <laughs> it's like oh my name is Steve Rogers slash Captain America. I'm at the funeral for the I'm at the funeral for the woman I called my girl. 
Peggy Carter. Agent Peggy Carter. Oh, by the way, now that everything's gone to shit, twelve hours later, I'm making out. I'm I'm making out with. I'm making out with her. What her granddaughter? Great granddaughter? Grand grand niece? Whoever? I'm making. I think, out yeah, with Agent... I think they last minute changed to grand niece because they knew just how gross that was. Like that made it less gross. You know? But it's still gross to me. Right. Right. But also because everyone knows, even if you disagree with it because you are just stupid, everyone knows he needs to make it out with Bucky. Make it happen, hey. Disney slash Marvel Studios. You know you want to fucking do it. Yeah, never gonna happen. Sorry. Never, never, never yeah. gonna happen. But I'm sorry. Rarely do you ever see movies where a guy where a guy wants to say where where a guy wants to save his guy friend that badly, and they're not madly in love. This is why I read I, fan fiction. I, I... No, I agree. I agree. It's just like in the in the Tomb Raider 2013 video game. Don't don't tell me Laura doesn't isn't in love with Sam. Dude, yes, you're shit. so right. She goes like way out of her oh, way to go shit. say Sam. I just realized I have that video game still. Sorry, uh-huh. a friend of mine lent me Tomb Raider like six months ago, and I still have it. Oh, oh my. god. Oh my. You should probably return that to him or her. Yeah. Yeah, I need to talk to him about that. Sorry, Rick. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. I t- forgot that. I Oh. oh. Sorry. <laughs> Terrible realization I just had. It's fine. Oh, it's a lovely moment. But, uh, yes, if you play that game, it's so clear that she's in love with Sam, who's a, who's a woman, I want to point out. Yes. Josh's name. Because um, uh, she, like, goes way out of her way to save Sam, who, like, was mostly shown to be a friend beforehand. So, like, it's very clearly, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, that's, when Sebastian, that's when Sebastian the Crab comes out and she's just like, gotta kiss the girl. Gotta like, kiss the girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I was talking well, about that movie the other day. Little Mermaid. I need to rewatch. I, I realized I'm going to rewatch all the. I'm going to find a time to rewatch all the Disney Renaissance films. Yeah, I was going to say that mm-hmm. too. Because mm-hmm. I grew up with them, but I've never kind of rewatched them in a critical eye. And I've been like watching a lot of videos talking about them, but I haven't rewatched them. What you're going to realize very quickly is that all of the princesses are really, really young, and it's it's kind of weird. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's always Ariel's that weird... like 16. Yeah, it's always that weird thing where like they want them to be young enough for little girls to appeal to, but they want yeah. them to be kind of sexual, and it's always a little uh, because of that. Uh... Yeah. That's my biggest... That's, I just, just want to say, that's my biggest issue with K-pop. Mm, too young. No, yeah, like it's 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 my biggest issue with K-pop and girl groups. It's like it's it's like the, it's like the girls are the girls are young enough that it's like oh yeah, teenage girls can relate to them, but but just old enough. But also if they're like if but also like if they are like old enough, that slight infantilization, whatever I cannot infantilization, infantilization, yes, infantilization of them, where it's like makes where it's like when I take. A critical eye to the visuals and shit it becomes creepy mm, yeah totally yep yep oh well i guess frozen's a little bit of improvement they seem like they're more in their 20s right no 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 yeah yeah um elsa certainly anna i'm not sure but she's portrayed as being kind of young and she's not actually married by the end of it yeah i i I would make the assumption that it's like that's like elsa's like 21 and and anna's like 18 yeah the moana's pretty young but she doesn't have any romantic exactly that's fine and and also like in brave like they they talk about you know setting her up with a suitor and she's just not having it she's She's like like, uh no totally sorry i'm just thinking now so I don't even remember how we got there from Star Trek. Wow! So but we there so we are. By this, episode. <laughs> yes. this is the ultimate. Should have taken a left at Albuquerque. Yeah, I think I think we're done. I don't think there's anything else to say mm-hmm. for this one. Mm-mm. The episode was All boring. Right. It was dull. We don't like it. Bad. No good. Don't do it. Um. Yeah, no that was definitely very going bad, my, terrible episode. That one's definitely going on my skip column yep oh well, yeah that's right oh yeah yeah. sorry i was thinking about the other episode before and they're like well no don't skip it but yes yes no yeah i would yeah doppelbarile skip it despite my problems with the courts invited there's enough important story stuff you have to see it whether you're with dax and warf or not you need to 
you need to see that episode. Well, you just need to watch it for her outfits. Like, you can stop <laughs> that there. Too. That's enough of a reason. Very, they are very important outfits to so know about. So important. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. All right. So that way you can... Panning myself. So that way, much like much like whenever people bring up Red Wedding Game of Thrones, you, you can talk to someone who's seen Deep Space Nine and just be like, that red dress that Dax wore. And they're just like, oh my God, yes. Yes. Okay, this has nothing to do with anything. I just want to ask Sarah on mic. So, Sarah, they're making a Lizzie Borden movie, and they're going to play up, like, a lesbian angle. How do you feel about that? Oh, no. Well, one of them is going to die, so therefore, no. Does does Lizzie Borden die? I can't even remember. Well, I don't know, but, I mean, it is, you know, by, by the nature of being a Lizzie Borden movie... I am, well, I can already murder. tell you that her or her love interest will die by the end of it, regardless of gender. And if it's a lesbian thing, that just makes me mad that they're going to die because I'm tired of it. Well, Lizzie Borden died. When did she die? Was she murdered? No, 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 I, I don't know. Interesting. Um, I just, but it'll, it'll be like a slasher thing, right? Yeah, but she only kills her parents. She doesn't kill their lover. Mm, I don't know. I feel like something will go awry. <laughs> something will the, the, go awry. They, they will take creative license to add more drama. Mm-hmm. All of the drama. All right. Well, that should do it for our episode this mm-hmm. week. Next week, uh, we will be discussing season six, episode nine, and episode ten, which are statistical probabilities, which sounds like a first year college course. And hey. the Magnificent Ferengi. Yeah. Which sounds wonderful. Yes. It sounds like a Magnificent Seven riff, which I am down for. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>